Blood fire. Hey, right, let's get it, get it, get it, man. We back in the box, man. That, that clarity there, so I'm loving that, man. So, <clears throat> hey, welcome, y'all. Welcome to episode 29 of the Push Positive Podcast, man, featuring Showtime and your boy Pro Vlog, man. It's going down. You already know what it is. What's going on your way? Man, my dirty ass had this bright idea to eat this hot, hot chili. As soon as I saw one jalapeno in this chili, I should have threw that shit back in the pot. So <laughs> you know, hey. I'm out here sniffling and shit like a crack, like a crack at it. All that damn sniffling. <laughs> sniffling and sniffling and shit. I don't even know how you can eat. That's why I don't even mess with it. Because you know people that like, that like hot food, they don't think nothing spicy. Right. <laughs> Everything to them, they be like, oh, that ain't nothing. That you, you ever hear a, a person that like hot food tell you, Oh, that it's a little spicy. Like, nah, nigga, that was some. You just gave me some devil spit. <laughs> I'm some. It's a little spicy. But you know, they taste buds been burnt off since they was three. Uh, so. Them motherfuckers is corroded by now, so <laughs> they can't tell. Yeah, I don't trust nobody that like hot, hot or spicy food to tell me to be the judge on how spicy it is. Like, no, nah, I'm good. Right. Nope. You gonna make some shit hot like this? You got to put a warning on it. You got to name it something like. Five alarm chili, or don't eat this shit chili or something. Don't just be like, oh, it's some chili in there. <laughs> like, nah, mm-mm. warn me because I, I definitely need to know that that kind of shit right there could mess up my whole week. <laughs> mess my whole inside. Really in the week too, shit. You been fucked up all the way to the weekend. Like, damn man, I didn't fuck with that chili. Now my stomach ain't been feeling right for four days straight. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's how it be, man. But shit. Man, we got a lot of shit to cover, man. What's going on with you, man? Where your list at? You got a little list for us tonight? You already know we're gonna get it. We're gonna get right into it. You know what I'm saying? I kind of wanted to start out with um this uh congratulations to uh Kimberly Godwin, who is the first black female president of ABC News. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's the first black uh person in general. Yeah, that that highest level of a station, uh, yeah, of a station, uh, especially ABC News. So, uh, shout out to Kimberly for doing that. You know, I I read the article and I also watched a couple of interviews that um, was speaking on the matter, and they they was discussing whether it was um, if it was due to all the pressure and the things that was going on in society, Uh or was it just you know what I'm saying the right move to make, and she was the best qualified for the job, and you know, it was it was noted that she was she's definitely qualified for the job. Sounds like she's been in a lot of high level positions um, behind the scenes in news for forever. Um, so the people was vouching for her character and her and her work ethic, but they also said it, it, it's partially due to the pressure that's that's being applied by society and those in society that's making moves and making noise out there. So I just want to bring that up because that's just one of those. It's just a side effect of what you're seeing happening in society and us us as the people. If we was able to put that pressure on consistently. Right. on some of the things that we can get done because this is the byproduct of of some of that pressure. And that's not to take away from her skill set to say that she wouldn't have got this job otherwise. But I do think it played into part of why she was able to obtain that position. So I said that to say this is that we, we just got to keep that pressure up and make sure. And just to let people know that I know sometimes we think that the pressure is, is going unnoticed or we're not getting any results out of it. That's just one of those small results that we got to we got to take whatever small victory we can get from these situations and keep up the pressure, man. Right, you're right, exactly, man. And I always tell the kids this, man. All the youth that I work with and things like that, I always <laughs> tell them, you know, it's just like working out, man. When you work out, you go to the gym, you do a real good workout. 
you ain't gonna start seeing those six pack that day. You ain't gonna see your pecs bulk up that day. You know, but you gotta continue to fight, continue to go out, continue to put that work in. And like you said, if it wasn't a byproduct, not saying she wasn't getting a gonna get the job, it would have took a whole hell of a lot longer. That's one thing I do know. It wouldn't have been in 2021. She probably would have got it in 2025 or something when she put in some more work and it was just unsurmountable. They had to give it to her. But like you said, due to the pressure that's been applied and, you know, it's very visible now, she was able to step into that role a lot sooner. So, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad it is about time we start getting some shit like that to happen around here. Right. And I, I agree. And, I, and shout out to her for, you know what I'm saying, sticking in the career that she obviously knew that behind the scenes it was nasty back there for for people of color, and it, and it's been nasty for forever. Mm-hmm. And you often don't hear about people that work in behind the scenes at ABC, NBC, and none of these big news channels because it just ain't talked about at all. The only right. people that know is the people that actually work in those environments. So, you no, know, that was just just something good that came out that I thought that maybe we should highlight. You know what I'm saying? And, and put that positive spin on it because that that's just one of those small victories we got a champion. Right. You're right, man. You're right. And I love it. I love it. And, 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 and you know, to us, we saying it's a small victory. But in reality, you know, every victory should be celebrated, no matter how big or how small. So I'm glad you did point that out, man. Shit, if you lost if you lost a pound over the weekend or if you lost five pounds over the last month, it might not seem like, like shit. And the motherfucker ain't going to really notice it right away. But take the small victory and get, and get to the tent. <laughs> right. I mean, and after I, I actually read that story, I was talking to – you know, I go off, you know, I be getting out there trying to get my tiger hood on. And I'm talking to uh, <laughs> some, of, some of the white homies I golf with. And, you know, an interesting question came up uh, this weekend when I was golfing. Uh, one of my white comrades asked me, he said, what, like, what, what, what can I do? You know what I'm saying? To, to be, to help or to be an ally in these situations, to understand the plight of a black person in America. Like, is there some extra I need to be doing? to contribute mm-hmm. to that. Wow. And that, that was, it was a deep question, like to be brought up while we trying to go off and, and, and talk and having conversations about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what's your thoughts on that when, when you know, a, a comrade of yours asks you a question like that as far as what, what can they do to help out in the plight of uh, black people in America today, in today's society? You know, it's crazy to say that, man, because a while back when I was in San Antonio, I did have an individual ask me that question. And out there, it's a totally different, uh, Totally different demographic. It's very cultural. It's very diverse. And at the time, you know, shit was going good. It wasn't no, you know, <laughs> it wasn't no beatings and killings or no shit like that going on. So, you know, for the person to ask me at that time, a Caucasian individual, I was kind of like, hey, man, just step aside. Just step aside. Let us do it. Don't, don't hinder us. That's that's all I can ask. I mean, because it ain't a whole lot you can't do to help. However, one of the things I realized now that they could do, the individual, uh, 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 a Caucasian individual could do, is basically just tell you know the individual they know, hey, they're human. They because because the, the the biggest thing that we're dealing with is the dehumanization of our people. Right. If if they can just really start looking at us as people, half the shit that get done won't get done. Absolutely, <laughs> and that and that's and that's that's huge because I, I I thought about that too because obviously that's one of the biggest obstacles that they face when it comes to interactions with us, especially on any level of authority. So that was one of the things I talked about too, but I also talked about encouraging them to to go and learn African-American history. Because I think a lot of the confusion or where people don't understand where the outrage come from is not that this shit just started today. Right. This has been happening and it's still going on today. If you listen to the most of the people that, that make references to things about us as a people, 
they're talking about now and today only. They're not right. talking about how these things relate or correlated to what we've been going through since we've been here. So it's right. easy for them to dis discard that and not count that and not understand the rage and the frustration because they're like, well, there's a lot of other stuff that you guys can do or freedoms that you have. So why is that? Why is this a big deal? And I think <laughs> the disconnect is because they're not taking into consideration the history of it all. Right. right. And, you know, I just gave an example of like, it's just like one person. Like if you know somebody that's been playing with guns and, and been having gun violations or whatever, you're going to be a little bit more apprehensive of that person that's playing with the gun. Right. You don't wait till they blow up 38 people and they'd be like, oh, I knew about it, but I didn't do nothing about it. Right. So we right. know the history of America. <laughs> the problem is that we've been trying to do something about it, but we ain't had the power to do so. So right. if they don't understand what the history is, I think it's always going to be a disconnect. And like you said, the history of it would also give you that understanding and also start to tap into that compassion, right? Because if you don't know yeah. the history, how can you have compassion about it? Because you don't know all the details on what a motherfucker went through to get to where we are today to create that rage. Right. You might see it as only a few incidents. Because if you start from today, the example that's always going to come up is, well, they shoot, they kill white people too. Or a white guy got shot before dealing with a cop too. <laughs> and, and they'll make that that false parallel not knowing that this ain't just a one-off incident. <laughs> right. It's been happening right. over history for us. So, and that's just one of the things I, I talked to him about. And I also told him that, you know what I'm saying, the, the biggest thing that they can do, which I don't think a lot of my white comrades understand is because he, as peers, peer pressure still counts for us even as an adult. Yeah. Most of us have great influence on the people that we hang around with. So I told mm -hmm. them, like, you got to leverage, you know what I'm saying, your personal value to hold your peers accountable. You know how crazy yeah. it would be for you to be hanging out with Becky and her husband, and her husband is, is saying racial shit all the time, and Becky's feeding into it, and then you tell Becky, who's supposed to be your best friend, that, yeah, I don't really agree with that, and I think that's kind of nasty, and I don't want my kids growing up hearing that kind of stuff, so I think we probably shouldn't hang out anymore. Right. Right? Yeah, that's all it takes. Personally that's all hold it somebody takes accountable. And you think Becky gonna want her name blasted all over social media saying her and her husband be saying racist shit and they, they kids outside playing and listening to it? Right. Ain't nobody gonna want to hear that. But that's a level yeah. of accountability that would that it would have a better impact on, on people than it would be coming from me or you. Right. Exactly. So I, right. I said that's that's one of the ways. So I just just some ideas for him that just come out. I just thought it was an interesting topic that was brought up and just giving us some ideas on, on, on my idea of what, what would probably help. You know what I'm saying? No, and, I, and I think that's epic, man, because it goes back to the original statements you made with, you know, the sister being promoted and things like that. I mean, right now, for that question to even be asked, man, it's, it's definitely showing that it's, it's, it's starting to be more visible. I mean, unfortunately, it's taken four or 500 years for it to start being as visible as it could have been or should have been. However, you know, we can't go back in the past. All we can do is know and appreciate the fact the, the visibility is helping us in so many ways because for an individual to even ask that question, what can I do or be willing to put forth some effort, it's motherfuckers in the black community that ain't willing to even ask that, that question. Or motherfuckers in the black community ain't even thought about what if a white person asked me that. You know, so it really is about, you know, just recognizing, man, I mean, I always say you got to go through it to, to grow through it. You know, so if we weren't going through certain things and it wasn't her, her certain hardships being televised and the trial that's going on right now in Minneapolis, if it wasn't stuff happening right now, visible like that, it'd still be some shit happening. 
the people wouldn't be recognizing, man. People, I mean, because I mean, it, it, it ain't no excuse, you know, because they could have recognized it when they beat the shit out of Roddy King. They could have recognized it when, you know, it's a like hundred thousand incidents in the past that they could have or should have recognized it, uh, but that wasn't the case. And you know, we just got to deal with, you know, the fact that slowly but surely it's gonna come to pass. We just got to be ready when it comes because last year when we was marching outside, everybody was paying attention to us, and the world was paying attention to us. They asked us, "What now?" And we was just like, "Well, shit." I don't know. Stop killing <laughs> No, have a motherfucking plan or something. Have a list of demands or something. God damn. Right. Absolutely. And I, I, I a thousand percent agree. And on, on that note, you know, I was watching the end, the wrap up of the, the Derek Chauvin trial today. Um, I just want to know what your feelings was about the possible outcomes of the case. They already had like the Minnesota leaders speaking today, the mayor, the governor and all the, you know what I'm saying? Black leaders <laughs> in the community, you know what I'm saying? Just laying the groundwork for the possible violence and response. If there's a not guilty, you know, plead that like right. if there's not guilty come across and they're pleading and begging with the citizens to be patient and not to be violent. You know what I'm saying? So what's your what's your thoughts on, on that? Um the wrap up of that <laughs> so far. I mean, right now we ain't got the results, but so far, what was your I don't know if you was watching the case or not, but what, what was your takes from it? Yeah, so I did. I watched it from afar, man, because I really didn't want to give it that much pub because I really still to this day don't believe that anybody else uh, any other individual that wasn't a, uh, of color, I mean, it wasn't a Caucasian individual, wouldn't have had such a blown up and over, over, over dialed tri uh, trial the way it was. But um, to answer your question, man, it, to me, it really just shows something that I always say. They still ain't fucking with us, dog, because the thing is, they don't fuck with us. This is what, this is what I saw. I saw them activate the Illinois National Guard they tried to activate the Wisconsin National Guard. Wisconsin was like, no, nah, we ain't doing that shit. But the Minnesota National Guard is already um, activated, obviously. And the reason why they was doing that is because they so fucking scared what happened if some shit go wrong. I mean, it's like, why they be so scared? Like, I mean, I don't even know, man. They ain't even, they ain't even bring out the National Guard when, when, when all kind of crazy shit was happening when it was happening with white people. But it's an if. Or maybe a slight chance this motherfucker might not get death or might not get 100 years in prison or whatever the fuck they think we want him to get. They got army tanks and spaceships and all type of shit and extra power, high power, motherfucking bullet gun, rubber gun, rubber bullet gun. Like, y'all got to do all that just in case a motherfucker don't die or don't get life in jail. Like, it's, it's frustrating with me, man. It's, it's very frustrating. But it's also starting to show me that this country is starting to realize, man, we got some power, man. We got some 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 uh, some, some ability to mobilize. And regardless of what they say, if they didn't think we could unify, they would need army tanks and the whole fucking National Guard out there. Right. They would the police the police force, the same police that killed the motherfucker, would have had to change the situation. But that's not what they're looking at. So you know, it's frustrating, man. And I don't know. I I'd rather get somebody take. Only to live in the city, you know, because they had to see it. They had to be talking about y'all gonna be on the curfew if this happened. Y'all kids can't go to school tomorrow if this happened. All that crazy shit over a trial of a motherfucker killing somebody. That we all witnessed with our own eye, period. <laughs> we seen. That we all saw with our own eye. Like, this what we come down to. And what it, like you said, it confirmed for me that any kind of organization that we can get statewide or nationwide even if it's in the wrong way, they're 1,000% mm -hmm. fearful of that. 
Yeah. And you see right now, like today, on on like I said, when all the leaders in Minnesota were speaking, and Minneapolis was speaking, yep. you can hear that they're they're one hundred percent fearful of violence being used to retaliate for violence. But that's all they do. Like you said in the last podcast, that's their MO. Their MO is to violent and, and we gonna go take this motherfucker to war and we're gonna bomb Japan and we're gonna bomb these motherfuckers. But then as soon as the violence start coming from internal, oh no, AC, yeah, I don't know where they're getting this violence that's, from. That's the that's the psychological effect of it, right? The 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 crazy thing is is that the abuser already knows what the abuse and the violence does. So yeah. they already know what it do. That's why they don't want it to. That's why they don't want it enacted ever. <laughs> they don't ever want right. that to be the response because they know what it does. Because they've been doing right. it. <laughs> so we yeah. don't look at it like that most of the time from a perspective of the person that's being the victim of it all the time. We always look at it as well. Then we, maybe we might need to spark up and do whatever. But the reason why they're so fearful of it is because they know what it does to a people. Yeah. Because they've been doing it to us, and they know why they was doing it. So that's what yeah. they're scared of. They know the <laughs> right. They know the game. They know the game already. They know it creates a a, a, sense, a false sense of power. If you abusing somebody and you raising your hand and all that kind of shit, it creates a false sense of power. Because at any time, it's just like an abusive husband. At any time, as soon as you go to sleep, now you vulnerable. You vulnerable as fuck. But you know that as a man. So you, you I mean, as as a, as the abuser, they know that. They know that. So they they figure we can't go to sleep. Then when this trial is, is when this verdict comes down, we can't be asleep because we'll be the sleeping husband to get his dick cut off while after he been abusing the motherfucker all night long and all all year long. They ain't trying to get their dick cut off in Minnesota, man. That's why they got all well, that and, stuff. And, and they smart enough to realize that at some point, that when people get fed up and violence is is used to control those people, eventually what mm-hmm. you serve is what you deserve. If, if right. violence is how you respond to a people, you can't be mad that they respond back with violence. If violence is not the answer, then why are so many people still dying? Why y'all been using it? <laughs> why y'all, been why y'all using use it, it as a tactic to control people? And you've been using it as a tactic to control people, and America still does it today. Hence, right. Biden getting into a situation where Russia trying to threaten them, telling them, hey, y'all need to chill out. And then Russia saying, or else what? We know what else what. Yeah, what you gonna do? You ain't gonna go over there and have a meeting with him and tell him this. Well, what we talk about? Well, the first thing is to pop them pockets. We're gonna sanction you. Most countries, one thousand percent off the bat, gonna say, No, you ain't, because if you sanction me, then I'm gonna do this. Just for the bully to say, Well, if you do that, you know what we're gonna do. I'm gonna do this. Right. It's it's a threat, it's a it's a provoked situation. If it's always some bully shit, man, but I mean, because people don't ever know how to communicate and come to agreements. I think that'd be the hardest thing. Like you said, instead of governments really sitting down and trying to find a real solution, it's bully shit. Like, 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 uh, my guy was just talking about today with the vaccine or whatever. So he basically was saying that he feel like in his mind, because they got all these things. Like, how can we get more people vaccinated? How can we get more people? The vaccination vaccines is going to waste because people ain't getting them fast enough, and they're only good for a certain period. Eventually, the motherfuckers gonna be like, "Get your ass in there and get vaccinated," because that's the history of what who we. That's the history of the U.S. That's the history of the U.S. What makes us think right now, for any reason at any time, that once we get to enough voluntary people and enough motherfuckers ain't vaccinated, 
it ain't going to be some type of force or some type of manipulation or form of ma- manipulation tactic to make everybody get. What makes us I think don't. That? We've been talking about this since the vaccination was being talked about. We, <laughs> as, especially as a black people, uh, most of us that are educated and understand is we know they've been trying to figure out a way to ed- like to get us what vaccinated since we've been around this piece. They've been using all kinds yeah. of tactics and experimenting on us since we've been around. So we're familiar with the whole situation that at some point is going to be used with force. Who, who is not used to it is white people. Yeah. Who's They're having the experience for the first time <laughs> what it feels like to be forced into some shit when they, was, when they told you that you have freedoms to do otherwise. And this is why you're seeing white people so right. angry right now. And that's why I was telling white people, take yep. that anger that you have from these situations from COVID and multiply it by the, mm-hmm. your entire life. My whole say, lifetime. And see, you see how frustrated <laughs> you are right now with those freedoms just being restricted? Over wearing a mask, over wearing a cotton mask. <laughs> like, they ain't telling you you can't walk here, or you can't drink here, or you can't vote here. They ain't telling you no shit like that. They telling you to wear a mask when you out doing your daily shopping. And you already exactly. mad about now, that. Now, tell, tell them that if you don't wear your mask, we're going to use fire hose and dogs to attack you yeah. because you refuse to wear your, your mask. Ass. And then see what kind of upset right. you will be and, and how hurt you will mm-hmm. be from your rights being violated. But see, this is just that goes to show you that they don't understand it because they've had the privilege their entire life to have freedom. And the smallest infringement on those freedoms will cause them to be irate and to do shit like storm a capital. <laughs> Right, right. Like, bro, you ain't damn. If y'all doing that for that small infringement, I can just imagine what y'all would do if y'all had our shit. (laughs) Man, I was about to say if they had any, let them put up a motherfucking uh, a a black people only sign somewhere. Them motherfuckers would be tearing that whole building down. Why not? What y'all got in here that y'all want nothing else have? Like, damn, dog, we was just—it was a a social experiment, nigga. It'll be burned (laughs) down before you can even finish the experiment. You already know, burn down, <laughs> shot up, Damn, don't say up whatever they can do, it will not exist. Then go to the, you know what I'm saying, to their little local representatives and get it barred for this, that, and the other, saying this against man, the cold. Get that shit told out, man. You know what I'm saying? Day. So, I mean, that's just, that's kind of where we at. But I understand it. We understand it. But you're starting to see that, like you said, it's, it's starting to be more people that are starting to understand and actually want to contribute and that's seeking understanding. Uh, to be a part or be an ally or just for their own personal own personal reason. For whatever reason they're doing it, I think it's, it's good altogether. At least the conversation is being had. So, I mean, I ain't going to complain as far as that. Any any movement in that direction is a positive movement. So, you know what I mean? Correct. Uh, I ain't right. know if you, if you saw this, but uh, Maryland right now, with all this COVID shit going on, Maryland is going to be the first, first place to be positioned and become the first state to provide its renters with attorneys during eviction proceedings. Damn. Yep, they, they're trying to get it in order right now. Uh, the governor, Larry Hogan, uh, probably should be signing the bill pretty soon uh, to help keep people housed, employed, and, and keep them safe pretty right. much. And now I'm wondering, like, because it's an estimate that the homelessness would increase significantly in most states if they don't have a legit uh, like plan to combat the issues with getting evicted because there's plenty of people that right now the only thing that's saving them is you know what i'm saying the government stepping in and saying you can't evict right now but as soon as that order right. get lifted and in some states has already been lifted they're seeing their homelessness go through the roof and and i 
Hell yeah. I and would, right I now, everybody's going to pay for it because you already know what it is. You're going to need more, more people asking for or more people needing the majority of the things that Services. people on the welfare system right. need. So now you're going to have to increase uh-huh. that. But so it's going to affect people regardless all across the United States. I know it's a lot of people out there thinking it ain't going to affect me. And it's, it's going to at some point, you know what I mean? Especially as middle class right. income people. It's definitely going to affect us 1,000%. It, it, it's, it's, going, it's going to affect us tremendously. And the reason why I say that is because across the board, when they was passing out this money and giving out these stimuluses and stuff like that, that's the perfect excuse they got to evict motherfuckers. Because until April, like April after April, it's over with. Before, before COVID, before any of that, they couldn't even turn your lights off. Or nothing like that in, in certain states until April because you would freeze and die and the house of bus and all that kind of shit. But April came and they was turning everybody's shit off. So now a lot of these states right now, they couldn't evict nobody anyway because of those laws. But now it's like they was giving us all this money, all this free money. And y'all was wondering why are they giving us so much? Where the money coming from? It's so they could say to you, get the fuck out. We gave you over $9,000 in free money. If you got a family or folk, we gave you over nine thousand. If you got, if you're a single individual, you got about twenty eight hundred. You know, whatever the fuck it was between the three three packages. So if that wasn't enough, then that ain't our fault. We gave it to you. Now get out. You know, and that's that's really what they was doing. They was setting us up for the okie doke. It's called the rope doke. That's what Muhammad Ali used to do. He used to swing one arm and punch you with the other. That's what the government did. And and that's crazy <laughs> that you mentioned that because that's another way to look at it. Because it definitely what you gonna say after that. They they did get that yeah. money out. And do we think it's right and correct? Probably not. <laughs> it, it, it's fucked no, up and it's shiesty no. and it's shitty that you got to go about, you know what I'm saying, being, being evil in that way. But like you said, like that's that's part of the game right there, right? So I'm just trying to see what, what other states and cities are going to do to try to combat that homelessness situation because you can't just say we're not going to deal with it or try to avoid it and say we gave y'all the checks because even if you say that, you, they still there. The people ain't going nowhere. Right. They still home. They still home. And it's about to be summertime too. So it, it ain't like people ain't gonna right. have nowhere to go. They gonna find somewhere to go, whether it be outside or something. But however, yeah, yeah for the yeah for the summer months they gonna be good. You know they gonna camp and be in these parks and be in these little shanty towns and all this kind of shit. Whatever. They man, people we resilient. And I ain't when I say we, I don't mean just black people this time. I'm talking about everybody. When motherfuckers down when they look. People get real creative and real resilient. You know what I mean? So, you know, they're going to make it work. But shit, as soon as October come around, goddammit, it's going to be some answers to be had. And the government, like you said, if they don't plan on, if they don't try to be proactive, if they don't try to be preventative, and shout out to Baltimore, because Baltimore already had one of the, the largest motherfucking homeless populations in the country anyway. So they already know what the fuck it is. It's the rest of these privileged ass people that, that don't know right. what the fuck they up against. And I agree, but shout out to shout out to them to making that plan because it's definitely gonna be needed because we're about to run into some some heavy shit this summer. And I don't think most states got a plan in play, like uh in place to, to combat it. But we're gonna figure it out because no matter what, we all gonna pay for it somehow, especially if you're living in these areas. So Shout out to them for making that move. Right. And kind of want to turn the corner a little bit to some sad news I heard out of Chicago, man. Um, this, this violence in Chicago is getting out of control, man. A little seven-year-old girl shot to death. Got shot six times while she was riding right. in the car with her dad at, parked at McDonald's in the drive-thru. Uh, they saying it was a game right. retaliation suit. 
Um, just sickening, man. Like we, we just gotta do better, man. I get so sick of hearing situations of our, our people, you know what I'm saying, being being this way towards each other, like killing each other and, and just life not being valuable to our own people. Like we talk about the things that are being right. done to us by other people and, and America in general. Um, but this is also something that can't be swept under the rug, man. This is a seven year old girl that is not gonna be able to live the rest of her life. She's been snuffed out early. And it's too many of these stories we're hearing about, man, to to be be okay with it or just to be like, oh, it is what it is. Like, no, nah, man, I ain't honoring that shit, man. Definitely that whoever definitely did that was that was a cowardly move. Definitely needs to be more exposure on this story and more outrage. It just needs to be more caring of our vulnerable right. populations, man, especially our kids, man. We I I understand like if you if you want to be on the side of all right, they're gang members, let them kill each other. All right, whatever. It is what it is. Life, but she life, wasn't in no game. You, you choose life as an no adult. Game. I can see how you can try to detach yourself from that. But if you're able to detach right. yourself from a situation of a seven-year-old being killed, f f f it's something wrong life. with you, man. <laughs> and I ain't honored. It's something wrong with you, man. It's something wrong with you mentally at that point because that child did not decide. Hey, I'm gonna grow up and be in gang, or I I, I want to make myself. Uh, a ready, a ready, willing, and able target. She did not have the ability to make that that decision. Clearly, you know, whoever was around her, her, her guardian, whatever they made the decision for themselves, they didn't intend for her to be a victim of that decision. However, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you know, adults they 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 reap what they sow. But that little girl had nothing to do with that man. And we really got to start looking at these situations and how we approaching them because. If, if nothing else, you know, if nothing else from COVID-19, coronavirus, quarantine, people dying all around us, and nothing else, it should have taught us a little bit more about the value of life in general and how quickly it can go and how quickly certain freedoms and things can be taken away from you. Because the thing is, the reason why those gang shootings and, and the violence and the things like that that happen in Chicago and areas like Chicago um, is because there really is no consequence. People ain't telling. People ain't reporting those killings. People... You know, are so used to it happening that it becomes almost second nature, and and it's not something that people are outraged about. You know, so that's the scary part of it is when a killing like that happened, and it ain't all over the news. You know, I didn't hear about it. You know, I haven't seen you know a huge story ran about it or nothing like that. So that's the sad part about it, man. But at the end of the day, we've designated these parts of our lives and in our communities. To to just be swept under the rug, and I don't know why or how it became like that, but it ain't even shocking no more, man. It ain't even you know we feeling sad about it and we voicing it on our platform and things like that, but ain't nobody else really even seeming to be too sad about it because I ain't heard nothing about. It. I listen to a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of media in general just so I could be on top of current events and shit like that. And really, honestly, pro, this is the first I heard of it. I don't know if it was very, very recent yeah, or what. It just but it's the first happened. I heard of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things that when you hear it, you just get sick, man. Because there is no population that's in our community that's protected. Like we can't even get the kids right, and, the, and, the, and the elderly protected. Like all right, like even if we had to go right. with the premise of all right, if you're an adult, you're on your own. But the kids and the elderly, man, right. come on, man, like. We can't even do that. Like, be and that's, to me, that's, that's some sick shit that right. even amongst our people, we can't even all come to an agreement that at least there should be some guidelines to it. We get to the point to where it ain't. Right, hands off. I mean, and it used to be. It used to be, though, man. And I ain't trying to say uh, gang culture or nothing like that was ever a, a real great thing to have. However, it used to be honor amongst thieves. It used to be 
honor amongst the games where, you know, if this person was doing this or, or you know, or if you don't cross this line or you don't harm this individual when this person around or if it's during church, you ain't going to shoot up the church because it's old people in there or whatever the case may be. You know, we, we hear stories about, you know, y'all was in Chicago at one point and y'all grandmama lived out there and, 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 and people knew. Don't mess with her. You know, she'll walk and do her shopping and walk outside during whatever hours and motherfuckers knew. She an older individual. She don't take no bullshit. Don't fuck with her. That 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 left. That's gone. That's all gone out of our country. And that's crazy. That's that a sad thing. What gang, where gangs are today, and where they started out to be. And see, this and that's another piece right. that we talked about earlier with the history and the education the of things. Yeah. That you got people right now that's claiming gangs that don't even know where they originated from, and why they was originated. Right. It was originated for a reason. Right. That's the opposite of what you're doing right now, which is to protect your people, and exactly. you're killing your people and taking from your yeah. people, and and because you right. popularized that, you know, what I'm saying that that movement in the in the community amongst these gang members and these individuals that think they tough. Like, what makes you think you tough because you shot into a car and killed, and then didn't, didn't even kill the dude that they were trying to shoot? They shot. He got shot once, wow. and he's in the hospital right now recovering from the one bullet room they shot that little girl seven times six times six times seven years old wow and and I, wow. so they probably walking around somewhere talking about they smoking on the op pack or something for real no you killed the little girl right. fool right like, you missed the whole point of the bullshit you know what i mean they, they, they i mean and that's the worst part about it a lot of times when people be on bullshit they, they fuck up all kind of stuff around them and barely even rectify the situations that they was on bullshit about. That's the crazy. That's why, you know, I, I think of the, uh, the old uh, uh, African proverb that says, uh, anger is the wind that blows out the lamp of the mind. Because so many people want to be like, I'm angry, I just snapped, or I'm angry, I wasn't thinking straight. That's what that means. But, you know what I mean, when you get caught up in anger, you got to know and understand it's the other side to that. Whatever you do, whether it's even a relationship and you arguing and you say some shit out of turn just because you was mad and all that, that don't never go away. That don't never go away, man. We can't bring that little girl back. You know, with all the technology and all the medical advancements we have and things like that, we can't bring her back and be like, oops, that was a mistake. My bad. We, we didn't try to kill her. We were trying to kill her. That was my bad. No. Oops. And we can't bring her back, man. And it's all that anger bullshit and retaliation and just fury. That could be refocused and put toward other shit that could really right. and, that, and help. at the end of the day, you know this mean? is what we talked about um prior and, and a couple of podcasts back is is that even if we were given all the tools to make everything even right now, the illness will still live within our people. And this is an example right. of it. Like even if right. we was given everything to make everything equal, that wouldn't stop a situation like this from happening with our people. And that's the sad and that's the sick nope. thing about it, is that you know. That regardless if things are working out, these are just one of those. This is one of those situations to where I say, when people say, "Well, prisons don't work and people shouldn't be locked up and prison ain't ain't they in place for nobody and all of that," I'm like, "Well, I, I'm gonna have to challenge that." Yeah, because I'd rather that motherfucker be away so, from normal thinking people and normal living little so girls. So what do you say? What do you say to people that don't, that say that you know our people have been traumatized and that we need to work on that trauma? But if the trauma is a result in a result in violence and death to other people, at some point individual trauma no longer counts if you're willing to traumatize everybody around you. 
And then I, Everybody if else. that's the case, then I can't care about your one trauma. <laughs> that don't that just don't make sense to me, right? At some point, the accountability needs to stop somewhere, and right. it needs to start somewhere with somebody. We just can't be like, well, they come from a bad situation, and that's all they know. Nah, man. So you telling me that 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 counts over the seven year old girl life? Like, no, nah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We gotta do better, man. We definitely, right. you know, send prayers out to her family. Um, bless up over there for that. You know, so my my condolences definitely go out to the family friends and loved ones that's just that's uncalled for and we can't we can't keep condoning that or not standing up and not speaking on it so i definitely want to bring that to attention and that brings me to my next subject of what are some things that we can do to better the relationship between black men and black women in our communities you know what i mean like what do you think some some of the things that we can do in our communities to, to better our relationships amongst our own people Really, I think one of the things we could do, man, and I was actually just reading something about this uh, the other day. Uh, I think we can start by trying to uh, really alleviate uh, alleviate some of the competitive nature we got amongst each other. You know, a lot of times the reason why we can't get along is because we compete. You know, it's like if, if, if and it ain't like it's a friendly competition. It's like if I'm doing good, I want you to be doing bad type shit, you know, and it, it's tough, man, because, you know, if 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 you feel like a woman is doing just as good as you sometimes, then you feel like you can't impress her. You can't get her in a relationship or like her or, or fuck with her because you can't impress her. But I don't know why we we always think, you know, relationships got to be based upon how much you can impress a person as opposed, as opposed to coming together and finding some type of common reason to be together or common commonality or personality. But I think, well, it's, and that's the first part. First part, I want to say uh, that we can stop competing with each other. The second part is I don't think we know and understand the importance of being good to each other. And if we could come across some type of understanding with that, then maybe that would change it too. Because if nothing else, do it for the sake of the kids so they can learn that it's not a competition or learn it's not always got to be a constant beef between man and woman. Because it's actually, those are actually, that's actually one of the part of the Willie Lynch theory that helped us become slaves to begin with is uh, separating right. the man from the woman and keeping them at odds. So um, you know, it's a long-standing, it's a long-standing brainwashing technique and tactic. But you know, just looking at some of those things and recognizing that it do exist first, and then trying to find right. ways. And to that that's, and it goes back to that piece of education piece for me again, that we need to educate ourselves on where the disconnect happened, so we can make sure that we don't mm-hmm. allow it to happen again if we ever to get some result from this. We definitely got to know where the break was and why right. they created that break amongst our people. For the betterment of their for their good, not for us, not for the betterment of us. So we definitely need to figure that out. And I also yeah. think that most of the constructs that we have in America right now that like that that's around relationships, none of those constructs is built for us. But we using it to model our situations oh, no. off of and hence the reason why we fucking failed at it. It wasn't for us in the first place. Right. Because we, we weren't doing wasn't. that shit before we got here. That's the thing. That was we something that was given to us that, that didn't work for our people and it don't fit for what we like to do and how we like to do things. Right? So I think we definitely need to get right. some understanding for that too. And I, I definitely believe we need to talk more about us being better together than we are apart. Because all you hear right now is a lot of downing of the black men yeah. and a lot of downing of the black women. And, you know, we need to stop contributing to tearing each other down. Like at the end of the day, you don't have right. to agree with somebody to not tear them down. Right. And you can hold somebody accountable yeah. without being an asshole. But we definitely need that accountability piece because that Man. accountability says we can look at each other and say, 
yep, you did do that, but I still support you. And here's what we can do to fix it. Or here's how I'm going to, this one, I'm going to do to work with you. Right. So that's accountability. Right. And that's the part of it. That's the part of it, pro, is that for whatever reason, accountability and the, the idea and the process of accountability has become so foreign that it's almost looked at as a negative thing, as opposed to, you know, being, I was just talking to my queen about this the other day, accountability partners. If we can't be accountability partners in a relationship, what the fuck are we in a relationship for? So if I'm telling you, hey, you know, I don't eat pork, I don't eat pork, and you see me grabbing some pork, hey, hey, baby, that, that got pork in it. I don't know if you was aware of that. Don't, don't, don't eat that. If we can't do that, then what the fuck we here for? You know what I mean? What, 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 why are we rocking like this? You know, because it, it go, it got to go deeper than the sex. It got to go deeper than the I think you cute and type shit like that. If it ain't no and accountability, you, listen, y'all ain't really I building I just want to say to all, all the men and women out there, you can still be kings and queens if you're held accountable. Especially, like, yeah, man, we, yeah. this accountability piece is typically not foreign to us. Because most of the time, especially as black men, the burden of the burden of hard work has always been on us, right? Just in general to try to provide and try yeah. to get back to where we need to be because we were supposed, we know we're supposed to be the leader of this, of this thing. And we've been taken out of that role and most of us don't know right. how to get there. Most of us not having father figures don't know what it looks like to have that in our lives or how to create that for our kids, right? So we know right. that that burden of performance right. is on us. Right. It ain't always on, any, but, but it has become a burden of responsibility for the women, which it shouldn't have been, which have created like somewhat of a harness amongst our women that sometimes that harness has created a block for us to get through to them. Right. And, and we got to do a better job yeah. of being men and being able to lead so that they are willing to follow. But we need to do it together as, as a team. Right. Because if we get to the point to where everybody's good and they want to lead and all the men, are, they're ready to lead, but women ain't ready to follow. And then it's, I mean, the efforts are, and and the same thing for the women. Like it's you got to not be so it's hard in order to be able to be led. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to take both of us to get to the points to where we need to be to help each other get better results from each other. So that's just kind of what I think on the man. To be honest with you, I think we definitely, I think it's it's feasible, and I think the conversation needs to continue to happen in our communities and when we out hanging out, kicking in and talking to the people that we know because. Typically, when we start talking about these conversations, you hear the hate coming from one side or the other. So. <laughs> right, or both. You're right. And, and, and I like what you said, man. I really do like what you said, and I think that's something we can promote, you know, not just with, the, you know, the men and women piece, just all of us in general, man. I like what you how you put it. You said uh, uh, we better together than we are apart. I think if we can recognize that, that gives you at least a reason to fight through the bullshit. Right. We all got something we don't like about each other. You know, we all got something, uh, I don't like when you do that. Uh, but that's all minuscule if you can look at the bigger picture and, and realize and, and figure it's bigger than us. The, the, the whole is bigger than the individual. It always has been. And the further we get away from that way of thinking, the fur, the, the worse off we gonna be. Because well, before we came over here, before we was brought over here as slaves and separated and whatever happened to us, when we was in Africa, the idea was that the whole is always greater than the individual. And and and, and no. for whatever reason, and, we and can't that get separation back to it, and man. that that trauma that we that we endure is 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 hard for our people to overcome. And that's why I said even if everything was made good today, that wouldn't fix the trauma and the things that we've been through 
to get to where we be. Now, I don't, I don't think that I'm not definitely not saying it would make a difference, It'd make a huge difference. However, we would still have that illness with inside right. of us. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can treat the outside, but can you treat the inside? Because some of the things that we're talking about is just pure right. outside, out, you know, external variables that we don't control. But the, the internal variables that we do control, that ain't going to be something that's going to be fixed with saying everything good now. So, I, I mean, we definitely got to do a better job with that. Right. But that's a good perspective that you brought up with how we can get, um, try to get some kind of, you know, buying from each other in these situations to, to you know, for the betterment of our mm-hmm. people. So I did, but I would, I did want to give some, uh, some props. Uh, I was look, I was talking to a few people about cryptocurrency that's making a big uh, return right now and growing at an alarming rate. Um, there's plenty of options right now on the market right now, as far as what you want to invest in. But I just like the fact that our people even talking about yeah. stocks and, and crypto and investments and shit like that. That's become one of the things that I noticed that has increased during this, that, that one of the positive things that came out of this COVID situation people starting to realize the importance of financial literacy right. and investing. So, which is not often, you know what I'm saying, taught or valued in our communities. And you're starting to see an increase of that being talked about and, and people actually taking time to educate themselves and, and invest in, in things that, that's going to help for a better future. Right. No, man, and I, and I really think that we are one of the best folks at realizing when when the when the jig is up, because the thing that happened is during COVID, it wasn't even through the 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 decision of these companies that motherfuckers was losing their job and their income was just being snatched away from them and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times when that happened, that caused us to be like, okay, hold on, I need more than one form of income. I mean, even with myself, you know, a large portion of my income was was dependent upon you know bringing truck drivers in and all that kind of you can't bring in motherfuckers during a pandemic. <laughs> like, you can't bring these motherfuckers in here. We don't know where they're from or what they've been doing. So that directly uh, affected my income. So one of the things that I know is that I had to do other shit. I had to start thinking other ways or other ideas that was going to supplement the income. And, you know, like you said, uh, investments, cryptocurrency, uh, individuals start looking at ownership of property and real estate and things like that. That's all a, a, a sidebar. That's all a byproduct of motherfucking income being snatched away from you. So I'm glad we having the conversations because the other side of that conversation is, okay, who I'm going to go knock off? or who I'm going to go rob, or who I'm going to go gank for this, because they still got a little bit. So I'm glad that we starting to look at positive and productive right. ways to generate Absolutely. revenue and income. So I I want to, <laughs> I was thinking about some, some shit today, and I was thinking about what's one of the, the most scariest moments in your life? Like, one of the scariest things that ever happened to you in your life. <laughs> no, you're talking about scary, like, like horrible, real, like, you know, like real scary, type, like real, real type, type scary, scary type like shit real life. Where that shit scarred you when it happened. <laughs> But you, you still remember to this day vividly like all the details of the situation. It just like fucked you up. Like, damn, I can't believe I went through that shit. I mean, I I say, you know, and, it, and it's been a lot of stuff, you know, that happened, especially when I was young, man, and youth and, and you know, people being around guns and all that kind of stuff. However, if I had to say it, and I don't know if this is because it was happened to me in my most recent memory. It was when my motherfucking Escalade was turning upside down on Highway 41 on top of ice. <laughs> I, at that very moment, that's I can say that's probably the only time I ever really thought that I might die. And I know, I, you know, I ain't, I ain't a morbid kind of dude. I don't think about death or sadness very often. 
But at that time, when I was rolling and my windows was crashing around me, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it, shit, it's, it's been fun. It's been good, y'all. I'm going to get the fuck up out of here, I guess. <laughs> I thought that shit was over because I never forget and that. that. And that's like crazy because I remember uh, <laughs> my accident that I had on the highway, too. And it's, But the crazy thing about my accident was, and I don't know, that's just not taking life or taking life for granted. And just thinking that it's gonna be an, another day, but like I didn't, I didn't really, it didn't really process, <laughs> it didn't kick in until later on that night when I was talking to people, and, and then somebody mentioned like, "Man, you could have died today, man." It didn't even, it didn't even like, run huh? through my mind at that point. <laughs> to be honest with you, the first thought that came to my mind is that because I was traveling with dirty clothes, because I was gonna take some laundry to come to y'all crib. I was actually on my way to y'all crib. I had some laundry with yeah, me. Do the I, laundry. I, just, I, I didn't want to yeah. do my laundry. So I like, I just do my laundry while I'm at my sister. I was knocked two birds out one stone. So first thing was like my laundry all over the highway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Your life about was laundry. On the line, nigga. <laughs> I also thought about how I'm gonna get to work now. Cause the car was it was gone. And it was completely total. I was thinking about how I'm gonna get to work. <laughs> so, so how we like, get to what work. I'm gonna do now, like all this other shit. I, it didn't cross my mind not one time that it could have been there for me until I got back home and I showed my friends the pictures. And, and somebody told me, like, man, you could have died. You it sounded like you sh- you could have died today, man. And that car don't look like you should be alive. And that's the that's the first time it really kicked in. Wow. And tears came to my eyes. And I got emotional because I was like, damn, I and I was embarrassed because I was like, I didn't even think about that today. I was just thinking I was in an accident and it was just right. it was what it is, right? And didn't even think that that was that I could have been gone from that. But I, I definitely can relate to you in that situation where you think that that's going to be it on 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 the highway, especially traveling on the highway. You get into a car accident. But my my one uh, one of the scariest moments I had, like that I can recall, like I've had plenty, but the one that stuck out to me is was reason just because. I was just in a bad spot. We was out, we was out one night at, at a bar, and it was like it was close to the end of the bar time, and it was it wasn't a lot of people in the bar. And one of the guys I was with, he got into an altercation yeah. with a dude. So I'm already looking at my guy like, man, chill out. You don't even know who this dude is. We never seen a dude before in our life. But for some reason, my guy wanted he wanted to play tough Tony that evening, and I, I don't know why. Because I, I don't know what he was on, but it probably had a lot to do with alcohol. So the dude said, all right, bet. And he leave out the bar. So I'm telling my guy, like, anytime you get into an argument with somebody and they leave that smooth, it's probably not a good it's, it's, it's not a good Especially when they say, I bet. probably should get up out of here, man. <laughs> Take an alternative exit and, and, and get up out of here. Right. So I'm sitting on the other end, and like I'm like, man, whatever. So I go talking to some other people I know. So the dude come back in, holding one of his hands in his pocket. He was like, "So what's that shit you was talking about?" So I automatically stand up and was like, trying to exit stage left, right, even <laughs> because I already told my brother, like, yeah, ain't no fuck about it. Like, look, you my guy, but if Fab got something in his pocket. Nah, this ain't that. <laughs> we we need to be getting up out of here. Yeah, we so got to go. stand oh, up. He like <laughs> he circled around to where the exit was and was like, "Ain't nobody leaving tonight." So immediately, I'm thinking like, <laughs> "Damn, oh, about to die." 
I'm like, we about to die, fam. I'm like, he said, ain't nobody leaving tonight, which means we better not have plans for tomorrow. Man, I was right. so no witnesses, shook, man. My heart was in my feet. But some... <laughs> Hey, I think I think anybody yeah, I'm right thinking like, I'm about to die tonight over some come. dumb shit that ain't had nothing to do with me, and because a motherfucker want to play tough Tony and just not want to let the situation go, I'm like, damn man. So I'm I'm already salty, like just kind of thinking like, if he start popping off, obviously he ain't gonna pop me first. He's gonna shoot over that way. So I'm I'm trying to give me an exit plan, like, and if he do start busting, I'm gonna do this, do that. Like, I'm planning like. <laughs> how to save my own life like because right. obviously this dude he don't care he want to be tough tony like all right so well <laughs> he's oh, still want to argue with you the dude whatever, now because so you drunk your mad you bulletproof now calm the dude down and, and calm the situation down and we was able to get some resolve out of it we ended up talking to the dude that night and, and laughing and having a good time and actually learning that oh wow yeah that yeah he he had the guy with the gun but we thought he did and dude was just pretty much oh. was like, man, I thought y'all was going to jump me. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm new here. Like, so I ain't know how, you know what I'm saying, this was going to go down. I thought all of y'all was together. He thought everybody at the bar was together and we was all going to jump him. <laughs> so ain't nobody. So it turned out to be, you know what I'm saying, a decent situation. And they got resolved. Luckily, lucky they didn't turn out to be something that it, that it wasn't. But, man, you couldn't tell me that, you know what I'm saying, 15, 20 minutes ago, though. <laughs> I thought it was over with. You don't tell nobody. <laughs> ain't nobody <laughs> leaving. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, fam. With your I'm hand like, in your I'm pocket. Like, like, what you got, a grenade? Nigga, what you gonna do? This ain't, this ain't for play play when you see a situation like that. Right. I, that's why I said, um, and, and that brings up, um, yeah. for me, when you start hearing things about these mass shootings, right? it's been too many of them. They said it's been over 200 right. of them already this year. And they just had one in Kenosha, which is wow. very close to my hometown. Three people dead. And I think that was at an afterpass. And right. And they just they just had one in, in Texas. Where yep. a dude killed like two, three people, I think it was. Yeah. Uh and he was a, a ex deputy or something like that in law enforcement. Wow. So my thing is like in, in situations he like was. that and also the situation similar to the one that I had is is for people to be aware that they're they're their surroundings and their environment, right? Because it sounds like in most of these situations, some of it is you, you won't be able to tell, right? But I always hear in these mass shootings, there's always a witness that said, we heard the gunshot, but we thought it was firecrackers. <laughs> like, 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 you, you, hear, always you hear somebody saying, or you hear people words. say, well, I heard it. <laughs> And we didn't know what was going on, so we was trying to go to the front of the store and see what was going on. Like, you hear things like this of people not, you can tell that sometimes people are just not aware of what to do. Like, so not saying that that's going to save you in every right. situation, but right. I think it can help a lot of people to be aware of your environment, to be like right now at, at your job and at my job right now. Me and you, because the way we move and the way our mind thinks, because we goofy like that sometimes, but we also super aware and intelligent emotionally to to people's cues on how they act we know the motherfucker that probably will come in and shoot the place up yeah we, we know we, we just <laughs> I got know some we ideas like, right now like we know so if i ever see him lose yeah. his job <laughs> and he come back in here one day i'm not talking to fam i'm out 
Uh, I know, but see, that's that's just how my mind. You know why he's back? Be like, man, you watch him in the crime <laughs> show. You watch this. You watch that. Now I'm just paying attention to my surroundings, and that's why I don't be walking around messing with people. I'm cool right. with people at work. Y'all trying to make fun of Buddy because you know what I'm saying he be smelling or doing whatever, and y'all making fun of him. Like, all right, <laughs> y'all keep making fun of Larry. Larry been around this job for 38 years, and y'all still making right. fun of him. Like, all right, like if he lose this job. I know who you coming to get. <laughs> and you just got to be, I just think you just got to be aware. You, you motherfuckers. Know so my condolences <laughs> to the families in those situations and their families and friends and loved ones, condolences to those to those uh, individuals. And just be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Make sure you're paying attention to what's going on around you. And, and, and that, that also goes to have compassion for people that you work with that you normally wouldn't lend that, that compassion to. Show them some care and some love because you never know what people are going through. Right. To and, and now nowadays you definitely got to be careful because there's a lot of people out there don't, that's willing to hang it up. But it ain't like it used to be back in the days to where they just willing to kill themselves. They want to take people with them. So please. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate, and like you said, man. With the with the growing number of mass shoots, what it basically is showing is that the popularity is rising. Um, and it don't always have to do with access to the guns either. It's just the idea of doing it and the, the fact that, like, in the old days, in the movies, yep. when the motherfuckers shoot people, the police would come in and shoot that person. Now, they're arresting these motherfuckers and, and they getting off on insanity and all kind of crazy shit. So, I mean, I, I can guarantee out of the 200 shootings, yeah. it was less than 10 of them that got killed on site. So 190 motherfuckers got away with it. And they going through a trial, and they living a little bit longer than the right. people that they kill. Because I know in Texas they right. got the death penalty out there, but every state don't, you know. And they still, even for him to go to the chair or to go through lethal injection, he still got a couple months of living after the people that he killed. So you know the the, the circumstances you know, right. and the, and the it, family it ain't, just and, ain't fitting the crime. And that's where no we more. come down to the you know to the point of view of about what what punishment does fit the crime, right? And how how can we figure that out? And right. I, it's something needs to be done because obviously it ain't a deterrent for some people no more. Because like you said, like most of the people are getting arrested after they do the no. killing, and you get a small percentage that'll kill themselves, and then you'll get a very, very small percentage that'll actually right. get killed by the police officers. So I don't know, man. It's it's just coming to. And I right. don't know. I, you know me, my mind be working overtime with shit like that. Like let's. Let's get goofy. What this one comedian said, we start we need to start using the animal kingdom to exact revenge for people dying. <laughs> like, uh what what, man, what you do? Oh, you Damn. kill somebody? Oh yeah, you getting uh, two gorillas and a chimpanzee in your cell. <laughs> like, oh no, no, can you imagine getting put in a cell with a gorilla and a chimpanzee? Word on the street is, buddy, the strongest, and they rip your shit from right. immediately. <laughs> hey, hey, but but for real though, I mean, it, as funny as it is, you know, it, it damn near got to be something that's just as horrendous as the crimes the motherfuckers be committing, man. Because it's like it ain't no, it ain't no fair, it ain't no scale, you know, it ain't no scale unless you're gonna do some crazy shit like. Be like, hey man, you getting a death chill. You, I mean, right. you, you getting death by bullet. We just ain't gonna tell you what day. One day we just gonna open this motherfucker door and shoot your ass, and that's gonna be it. 
now you living in the fear of what the fuck you done did to somebody else. You, you know what I mean? So now, you know, when you start playing psychological games, like shit, like our parents used to do with us, like, yeah. you know, that's two whoopings, right? Now you don't know when the whooping's coming. <laughs> you could be having a good day and then she fuck up your shit with your two whoopings that she owed you from the, a month ago. You know, that's some psychological shit. But I mean, until you can, until, until they start doing some shit like that, no. it really ain't no penalty you can imagine, man, shooting, really. Especially with the mentality you, that most of these individuals got right now that they okay with going to jail because they didn't been there before. I'm like, I don't care. I, I, I don't mind going back. Or, yeah. Yeah. And they just comfortable with it. I know people say that they don't want to be there or whatever, and that, that, may be, that may be so, but we hear too often about people saying that they it is what it is. Or if you're doing it, and if it wasn't an attorney in the first place, then already lets me know what's going on in your mind. If you willing to do it anyways and go, <laughs> that tells me right there that you you far off from what the, the average person would be thinking in a situation like that. So I mean, at that point, it don't it don't make a difference. So exactly, I kind of wanted to uh, ask you, uh, just to kind of end the show on a, somewhat of a positive note of what we got going on personally. Um, I mean, because most of the time we don't. We, I mean, we disclose some things about our own personal life, but. Kind of what's one of your short-term um, goals you want to accomplish by the end of the week? Uh, something that you've been wanting to try to get done. Yeah. You said by the end of the week? Yeah, man, it's, it's good you asked that. You know, I actually had a, a conversation with a guy yesterday at a cookout. It was his birthday. Shout out to my guy, Mike. He was actually one of the uh, featured guests on the show. Um, his birthday is day on the, on the 19th. And I was talking to him about, uh, I really want to, uh, by the end of the week, and me and him supposed to meet on Wednesday, I want to have a plan in place for uh, getting some investment property or some rental properties and things like that, or, or either finding out the next piece of land that I'm going to buy or whatever the case is going to be, because I don't own my house no more. I did for a long time, uh, but I don't own the house that I live in right now. And that's just something, it never sat with me since I left the place over there on Ashland, so um, I really just want to, you know, get 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 some ownership on something. And even if I don't own nothing by the end of the week, I want to have a up, plan man. in place while we're on. That's what's up. Mine was is is basically just to continue to look into uh, the crypto coin situations, and, and you know, what I'm saying I, I got signed up for a few uh, outlets that you can kind of go through and get some crypto coin, and I've just been doing my research on where where's the best place to get it from, and, and what you need to do and to protect your your assets, you know what I'm saying, that you that you liably can get and the tax situation with it and all. It's a lot of other stuff that I want to, you know what I'm saying, just know about it because fairly new to me. There are some situations to where if you if you yeah. make a large lump sum of money with it, you know what I'm saying, you can prop, like possibly be taxed for it to be a capital gain if you take the money out and they're going to tax you at about 30%. So it's like crazy yeah, like that, that most people don't know about so i just yep, don't want to keep exactly researching right. into it exactly and, right. and just not ride the wave and jump on it you know what i'm saying just because because it sounds good but i definitely want to be informed and and know what's going on and not shoot myself in the foot at first you know because most people ain't used to seeing large lump sums of money like that accumulate somewhere so i know most of us will be new to investment so just learning as much as you can about it and researching it so you don't make bad investments and also don't pull your money out when you start panicking when it's taking a dip. Shit like that. So that's a goal of mine, man. But and we definitely we definitely covered a lot today. Oh, that's awesome, bro. That's dope, man.
No, we did, man. We we hit him with the gambit, man. We hit him with the gambit today. We did a little bit of everything. We got a couple laughs and uh, you know, that's why people walk. That's why people rock with us, man. That's why they, you know, hopping back on the podcast. I can see right now we got twenty three live listeners, which is awesome, man, because we've been off the air for so long and. Just to see y'all back, man. See y'all back. You know, I appreciate y'all, you know, tuning in. Um, when y'all get the notifications from uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Spreaker, all the ones that provide that uh, link for y'all. Uh, just just keep listening, man. We're going to keep bringing heat for y'all. Keep bringing very, very dynamic and unique content. And, you know, we, we currently on the move to improve everything we're doing, man. Absolutely. So if you like we're we just got building now, as we're flying. So, so stay tuned. Uh, eventually, we're going to get to a point to where we're doing this on, on a major level. So, Again, we just a reminder that we definitely gonna remember the people that rock with us from the beginning. So just keep that keep that in mind as well, and we're gonna be figuring out ways to tie yep. in our original, you know, what I'm saying listeners and the people that's been rocking with us from the beginning to where they get benefits of being around for as long as they have. I think it's important that you take take care of the people that's been taking care of you and that has been supporting you from the beginning, right? I don't think we do that enough, and I don't think we highlight that enough of taking care of the people that's been <laughs> with from the start because they started that original building block that we was able to build from. So I definitely want to give shout out to the people that's been listening to us uh, since the beginning. Always a shout out to the people that's listening to us for the wrong and the right reason. You already know how I ended. It's your boy Provoc. <laughs> feel the movement. Bless up. Peace. Hey, peace out.